Every now and then a controversial or edgy or really explicit TV show or movie becomes the thing that everyone is talking about. And then there's this other stuff that's out there that may be just as problematic. It may be even more problematic that no one is talking about, but that you as a parent may need to know about. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, fall is officially here. And for Hollywood, the season of falling leaves coincides with big, arty, prestigious, and often really edgy dramas all in search of Oscar glory. And we've definitely got one of those in the new Marilyn Monroe biopic, Blonde, which is now streaming on Netflix. It is, I think, the buzziest thing happening right now in pop culture. And we're going to talk about why we're not going to review it. That said, there are always other things under the radar that don't get much coverage, but which may be exerting even more influence on would-be teen viewers. And Heartbreak High, which Kennedy Unthank reviewed, is in that category as well. So today I'm joined by Plugged In's regular TV reviewing crew, because we're really going to talk a lot about TV today. Paul Acey, Emily Clark, and Kennedy Unthank. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. And we're going to talk about those two things as well as the idea that sometimes it's what you're not hearing about that you need to watch out for. And and how do we do that? How do we watch out for things that we don't even know about? (laughs) In our second segment, uh, Mr. AC will bring us up to speed on yet another new Disney Plus Star Wars show and or to think there was a time when we waited years between Star Wars things. And now it feels like, you know. They're just falling from the sky every other week. So, Paul, we will look forward to your report on Andor. I can't wait to talk about it. I, I know you can't. I, and conjunctions are my favorite. Conjunction, junction. <laughs> What's your and function? Andor. Well, I thought it would be fun to start with this question. I think it will reveal things about our personalities that are kind of fun. So when everybody is buzzing about some must-see thing, maybe it's a TV show, maybe it's a movie, do you feel like, is your impulse, oh, I got to see it so I can be a part of the conversation, or do you do that sort of oppositional defiant thing where it's like, everybody's seeing it, I'm not going to see it. Go, Paul. So... It's a weird question for me to answer because well, if yeah, it's in the... Well, yeah, because it's your job. Well, exactly. But you exactly. personally. If it's buzzy, I feel like I should see it because it's part of my job, right? right? But I do think that if it wasn't my job, I would definitely be oppositionally defined. <laughs> because, you know, this time of year, fall, yeah. it's pumpkin spice season. Right? And Just say no. Yeah. I, I dislike pumpkin spice anything just on principle. Oh, I man. That. I, I love See, the direction this is going. I, okay, so I'm just going to pick <laughs> up right there because I love pumpkin spice everything. Oh, pumpkin spice goodness. lattes every day. Uh, <laughs> no, literally because I bought all the all the stuff to make them at home so I can have them for cheap. So clearly I asked the wrong question here. Well, <laughs> Pumpkin no, you spice lattes, two... yay or nay. You can weigh in on that so... too, Kennedy. But now back to our movie question. No, when it comes to TV, shows and stuff though it it kind of depends because i remember like growing up like when twilight became really popular i was not about that and i don't think i watched slash read it until like 
three or four of my really close friends, like I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, oh, come on. It's the best. And you can't say you don't like it if you've never seen it. And I was like, I think I, yes, can, I can actually, but they, <laughs> they would me. not let it go. And so I finally gave in and I was not, I was not wrong. I was like, yep, I do hate this, you know, but then like, and same thing with like Game of Thrones. I think, I don't think I even saw an episode until they were in their final season, okay. you know? So it's like, it really just depends. I have to actually want to watch something. I'm usually not really, I don't really care what other people think. I'm more like, I'm going to do what I want. If it, if I think it looks good, I will watch it regardless of the buzz. Okay. Kennedy? Yeah. So in terms of the latte, I don't really drink <laughs> coffee, so I have to abstain on that one. But okay, in terms of uh, movies and TV shows... I don't know. I, I feel like I could go either way. I mean, there are sometimes I remember when the Hunger Games came out and, you know, I had That's read the books one. beforehand. And so I I was super excited to watch the movie. Everyone was super pumped about it. Um, but, yeah, like Game of Thrones, I just didn't care. And so I, I ne- I've never <laughs> seen an episode. Care, right? <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones and I don't plan to, even though Game of Thrones also had a ton of hype around it and still does because of House of the Dragon. But yeah, so I I don't know. I I feel like it's it's really just if you can get me in that first minute of your trailer, then maybe I'll go see it. But I don't know. I've never really cared about the the rest of that stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm probably going to be in the same boat as you guys in the sort of it depends boat. I do have an oppositional defiant streak in me. Um, It came out with Titanic. I did not see Titanic. (laughs) Um. Because you already knew what it was about. I'm like, the boat I, know, I know what where this is going, and I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio, so mm. why would I want three hours of this movie? Oh, that's another podcast right there. Well, yeah, it that probably is. A, is. I think it probably so. is. <laughs> well, cultural fads and buzzy moments and buzzy properties, whether they're TV shows or movies, they they come and go. And we're in the middle of a moment right now where there's a lot of conversation about this movie Blonde. For those who aren't sort of in the midst of the zeitgeist on this one, what is Blonde and what is all the buzz about? So Blonde, as you said at the outset, is this biopic of Marilyn Monroe. Um, It's this fantastical take on her life. There's a lot of strange things that reportedly happen in this movie. So it's not, you know, a straight, she did this, she did that. It's it's much more imaginative than that. And it's already gotten quite a bit of buzz. Uh, The actress who plays Marilyn is already considered to be one of the front runners for Best Actress. Uh, It could snag a few other nominations. So it's, it's kind of a big deal in the culture. And one of the reasons why it's being so buzzed about is its rating. It is NC-17. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So the NC-17 thing, it feels like it crops up about once a decade. Like, it doesn't happen very often. But if I were an NC-17 rating, what would I be exactly? You would be essentially the equivalent of an X rating, right? And I think that, that you're right in that it typically doesn't show up very much. And that's because historically a lot of movie theaters have not actually 
allowed those on the screens. Yeah, so it's not marketable. It's not marketable. It's You can't get an audience. Now, the fact that this is on Netflix, I feel, could mm. change the, yeah. the narrative of the NC-17 rating. And if this is a success, I think we could oh. be seeing a lot more NC-17 movies on streaming services in the future. That's terrifying. It that is, is terrifying. terrifying. And, and we're going to talk some more about what we do to help our kids navigate that explicit content. Um, I, I will say, because not everybody may know this, NC-17 stands for No Children Under 17. So whereas theoretically, as a parent, you could choose to take your you know, your minor kids to an R-rated movie and nobody's going to blink, at least theoretically, theaters are supposed to prohibit any children under the age of 17 from from seeing those movies. Regardless of whether or not they have an adult uh, right, escorting right. them. The irony, of course, is that when you are on Netflix yes. and you have parents, and there are many parents who are not aware of the parental control features there, these NC-17 movies are going to be far, far, far more accessible to a younger audience. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. you have a property like Blonde, there's going to be a lot of curiosity, yeah. I think, in, in clicking what that is all about. I think you're exactly right. And it brings up the question, and it's a it's a challenging question, of how we at Plugged In decide what we're going to review and what we're not going to review. Uh, and, and we have made the decision with the NC-17 rating that this one is out of bounds, that we're not going to be doing an official plugged-in movie review of this, um, in part because people can find out some of the basic things they need to know about why it got that rating. Uh, there's a, a very graphic sexual assault scene that seems to be at the core of, of what a lot of people are talking about in terms of the rating that it's been given. Um, but let's talk for a minute about how we decide, you know, what we review and what we don't review. How do we, how do we make that decision about when things are out of bounds? In this case, it feels like it was sort of made the decision for us with the NC-17. But in some of our other conversations, what are some of the factors that we consider in terms of what we review and what we don't review? I think that's kind of a hard question to answer because we have reviewed a lot of stuff that almost feels like it's out of bounds. And I'm specifically thinking of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, it's TVMA, but the problem is TVMA isn't a blanket term. Though, First of all, TVMA is not uh, regulated by a huge association like movie ratings are. Right. It is determined by the distributor what it's going to be rated. So TVMA could be, oh, we said the F word three times, or it could be like, oh, no, we said the F word a thousand times, and there was graphic sexual content, and there was graphic violent content, you know? So it's such a wide range of what could fall into that category that it's really hard to determine just at a glance, are we going to even touch this right. or, yeah. you know? One of the things about Plugged In that I really value is that, that sometimes when we have movies or television shows that are pretty gritty, we have some pretty free-form conversations about whether we should cover them or not. Yep. And I think one of the things that we always bring to the conversation is why would we be covering it? What can we bring to the conversation? Right? We're, we're trying to um, not only help... Uh, our readers figure out what to watch and what not to watch, but to help our readers 
know what's in the culture, to know how to talk about it. And for those who don't follow our advice, who would go to see something that, that's, that's graphic or that we would not recommend, we can plant a seed in their mind um, from sort of a Christian spiritual point of view, something that they might be thinking about when they're in that movie theater and realizing, ooh, I made a mistake. So it, we have a really complex job, and sometimes these uh, difficult movies give us an opportunity to speak in a space and to speak to an audience that we otherwise might not. Yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. And and by the same token, we have tried to identify where are there boundaries where we say maybe this is important and maybe there are significant things going on artistically in this movie, um, but it may be beyond what we want to be exposed to. And we've had people say, well, why don't you just not review R-rated movies? Like, could you do that? And and the tricky thing with that is, even as Emily said, you can tiptoe into R-rated territory with three F words, or you could, you know, fly far over that boundary and have all sorts of explicit content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's not an easy thing uh, to even know how to, to deal with. What we have made a decision on is that the MPAA has those little descriptors on different content things. And when there is strong sexual content combined with graphic nudity, typically we're not going to review those movies. So you're almost in NC-17 territory at that point. Um, But I want to come back to what Emily was saying because people may not realize the TV environment is self-regulated. There's not a motion picture association that whatever the weaknesses with that rating system may be, at least they're trying to aim at a consistent system. Mm-hmm. And again, there are problems with it, but it's independent. You have to submit your film to it. And Netflix submitted their film, Blonde, because they want uh, consideration Oscar. for Oscars. Yep. And it had a very limited theatrical release. But you know, when you get to TVMA, man, it can be wide open. And Kennedy, that brings us to the show that you have reviewed, Heartbreak High, which might look like you know, something you'd find on the CW, but I think it's it's way worse than that, right? Yeah, so, well, Heartbreak High is really interesting because it was originally based off of, well, it's essentially a reboot of a previous show that was of the same name. But, you know, it's put into a more modern scenario with all the more modern high school issues, which apparently just include a whole lot of graphic sex issues. Okay. And not graphic sex in the sense of, uh, you're going to be seeing all this on screen, but in the sense that that is pretty much what the entire show is about. Wow. So where do they go in terms of what you do see? If you have a, a teen or a tween that's like, man, I'm really into Heartbreak High, you know, what what are they going to be exposed to? Yeah, so there's uh, some male nudity on the backside. Okay. Uh, so fortunately, you won't be seeing anything from the front. Um, but you're also this just turned into the weirdest podcast ever. I just, <laughs> just want to say that. Um, well, and yet it gets at what we deal with at Plugged In. No, of go course. ahead. Of course, yeah. And there's there's also you know you will see uh, people having sex. Uh, you won't see any critical bits, but you're going to be seeing the movements. You're going to be hearing all the noises. And it just makes it a lot more uncomfortable when you realize that this this is all about a group of high school students. And it's aimed at, at young viewers, right? Yes. 
It absolutely is. And I think that, that, that what we are talking about here is really illustrative of, what, of, of the problems that parents have when they walk into these properties. You know, the week that Kennedy reviewed Heartbreak High, Kristen, who's been on this podcast many, many times, she reviewed this show, this Peacock show called Vampire Academy, which mm-hmm. sort of falls in the same boat. Both of these look like they're geared toward teens. And sort of the gossip have... girl template only with oh, yeah. vampires. Yeah. But you're talking about extreme MA that is R rated content. You know, the, the F word was used multiple, multiple times. You had some pretty graphic scenes within this show. These are shows that the appeal is to teens. These producers are wanting teens to watch these shows. Even if these these shows were in the movie theater, they would be branded with an R and a lot of parents would say no. Okay. So at the most basic level, it seems like as parents, we need to have an awareness of what is coming at us through these streaming services. But, you know, if you're a parent who's listening, you may be thinking, man, how do I deal with this? So what what kind of counsel do we give to help parents navigate this environment? The first thing I'm going to say is that if you are using streaming services, you need to use the parental controls. Okay. Specifically with Netflix, you can set up a profile for your teen and you can put a pin on your own personal Netflix profile so that they can access it. And basically what you can do is you can set it so that they can't even see the options for anything above a certain rating. And I would recommend don't set anything above TV 14 if you're really concerned and even even TV-14 is kind of pushing that limit. Mm. PG-13 PG and TV-14, those are the two ratings where it's like, it could be appropriate for your teenager, but it also could be very inappropriate for your teenager. Well, again, you're dealing with a self-regulated show, right? Exactly. You, they can rate so it's totally inconsistent. So, uh, I, but I would echo Emily's point that, that I think parental controls are a really important tool. We actually have a tutorial on yep. Netflix so for parents who are really just want to be walked through that, they can go to our to our blog and find it. Yep. Um, or or to our videos on uh, YouTube. It's on there as well. And we'll have links to those in the episode notes for today's show. And I think a part of that as well is just to remember is that, you know, it, if this is something you're really concerned about, it's not enough to just say, hey, I'm concerned about this. But you need to take those action steps. Maybe, I mean, if your kid wants to watch it, maybe you watch it before them. Or if they want to watch it and you don't want to watch it first, watch it with them. And then the moment that those things come up, you either talk to them about it or you just say, you know what, this isn't appropriate for us. Yeah. Talking about it, I think is a big, big component in that because, Adam, you you talk about this all the time. Like the number one advice you give to parents, I think, is talk to your kids about what they're watching. Talk about why they want to watch it and maybe turn your child. Maybe you can make them all little conscientious uh, objectors to watching trendy TV shows and trendy movies. Yeah, and I and I do think not to get too self promotional, but this is sort of what Plugged In exists for, right? I think self promotion is just fine in this case. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, we are we are made to give parents the tools they need to help talk with their kids yes. about some of this stuff, to help talk with their teens, to be aware of what is out there. I know that uh, Heartbreak High surprised me when I read Kennedy's review. Yeah. I think that, that it surprises parents, too. And so it's better for us to be surprised at the outset and then tell you what to look for uh, when you might see it on your Netflix queue. Yeah, I, I think it's that combination of I'm going to use the word rules, but maybe boundaries is a better term. You know, we're setting parameters in place that protect our kids. And I think the parental controls that Emily talked about, that's a basic place to start. And you might even be thinking, I have no idea how to do that. Our tutorial will help you, but it's not even that hard. And once you do it, it will demystify that process. But I think sometimes as parents, we think if we've set up the filters on the internet and on streaming services, that our job is done. Now, it, that's just a guardrail, but we need to pair those rules with relationship where we're talking with our kids about the reality of, of this stuff in our culture. And I think we live in an incredibly sexualized culture right now. And so the culture wants to have that conversation maybe in ways that are that feel like at times they're getting more and more inappropriate. Like, I can't believe we're aiming heartbreak high at high schoolers. Um, and so it's not just, no, we can't watch that, it's inappropriate. It's, no, we're not going to watch that, but here's why. And here is the place that, that sexuality has in our life. And whether we like it or not, our culture says this is one of the most important, if not the most important thing. And as parents, we need to help our kids to navigate what the culture is saying. And and obviously that needs to be age appropriate. We're going to have a different conversation with a seven or eight year old than, you know, a 16 year old. Um, those are different developmental stages. Um, but as Paul was saying it plugged in, we want to provide you with the resources to know what you're dealing with. And if something is buzzworthy, um, we want to be your number one stop to come find out, here's what the issues are. And as a parent, that gives you the ability to say, okay, here's where my kids are at. And if they're interested in this, and, and you may not even know, you know, you may want to ask your kids, hey, you know, heard about Heartbreak High. Is this something that you're watching that your friends are watching? Um, plugged in can be a resource to equip you and really help you to be able to have those hard conversations. Well, in our second segment today, we are going to talk about and or. And no, I'm not talking about and, line, or. And or You'll is, uh, think of that. is a person, <laughs> no. I think. But Paul, if I were an and or, what exactly would I be? You would be Cassian Andor. Not Cassian the, Andor. Not the moons of Andor, but Cassian Andor. With an A, not an E. Correct, correct. It's complicated. So uh, Cassian is a main player in one of your favorite Star Wars movies, Ooh, Adam. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. One. Loves me some Rogue One. In Rogue Second One. Second favorite after Star is, Wars. <laughs> in Rogue One, he is uh, certainly very much a part Part of the rebellion, he is a grim, gritty Han Solo type of character in some ways, and that's why you know he's irresistible. Really, <laughs> who doesn't want to be grim and gritty and Han Solo like? I do, but it's too late for me. 
<laughs> I don't know what to so do much with all to say. This. So much to say. Anyway, but back to you, we'll, Paul. We'll move back to Andor. Andor takes place about five years before the events of Rogue One take place. Okay. When we meet Cassian here, he is not part of the rebellion. He is just trying to make his way in the world. He's just a dude. He's just a dude. Now, the problem is the dude actually killed a couple of people. Oh, snap. One of them accidentally, but one not so much. <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe those two deaths cancel out then, right? <laughs> so he is, he, when the show opens, he's essentially sort of on the lam from these authorities. The, the Empire doesn't even really know about him yet, but you have this corporate entity that is trying to search for him and bring him to justice for these murders that he perpetrated. Um, so it's a Star Wars murder mystery thriller, kind it's of? Not a you know. It's it's kind of a crazy little show. It's very different from anything that I've seen in the Star Wars universe before. Is that it, good or bad from a plugged-in perspective? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can we say? <laughs> yes. Uh, from a plugged-in perspective, I would say it is a downward turn. For, okay. I think we're used to the Star Wars universe being fairly innocent, fairly light. You have a lot of, of colorful action. You have a lot of colorful characters. Stormtrooper, Volgo, boom. <laughs> exactly. You've got, you know, this is this is the land of the Ewoks, right? Right. When I first flipped on Andor, it felt more like Blade Runner than Star Wars. Wow. You That's have, a pretty big leap. You have this darkness. The very first few minutes actually take place in a brothel where Cassian is trying to find his sister. So you have some grim... And that's no place for your sister to be, I'm guessing. No, didn't find her there, by the way. But mm. that's another story. So you have this very grim world that feels like, in terms of, of the grit level, in terms of its problematic content, you have it raised up a notch or two or three above what we've seen before. Okay. Now, Mandalorian has some pretty grim moments as well, let us, lest we forget. Uh, but we do have some... This does feel like... Like it's definitely a step beyond that as well. Yeah, I've heard it characterized, and I haven't seen any of the episodes yet, but I've heard it characterized as like Star Wars for adults. And, yeah. and that sort of feels like, in answer to your question, it may have more appeal to a different audience, but it may have more problems than... right we normally associate with a Star Wars franchise. Right. If you're used to just sort of plopping your kids in front of, of Star Wars and thinking this is going to be pretty fr problem-free uh, entertainment, this is not that. Now, that said, to give the show its props, the depth feels deeper here. Deeper depth. The, the complexity, <laughs> the complexity <laughs> is greater. You know, you have some narrative storylines that I think for older viewers uh, take Star Wars in a new direction that that I think from a, just a narrative aesthetic point of view uh, works. Yeah. But again, when we're talking about family audiences, this is a show that, that parents really need to be very mindful of before setting their kids down, watching it even with their kids. They need to be aware of some of the content that you're going to find here. All right. And we are reviewing every episode. So if you want to follow along with us week by week, you can know everything there is to know about Andor, and you'll find that information in the episode notes for today's show. Thanks, Paul. You bet. Well, now it's time for part of our show we like to call Pop Culture Connection. This is a fun little game we play each week where one person gets to feel awesome about how smart and fast thinking they are while Usually the rest Jonathan. of us retreat 
in shame. And Jonathan's not with us this week, so I feel like the playing field is very level. So what's going to I never ha- feel like it's not level when Jonathan's around. You guys are too sensitive, I think. Okay. Well, Ooh. he's not here to defend himself. So I'm defending him. <laughs> yes. No, that's right. And I appreciate that. What's going to happen is our producer, Ashley, is going to ask each one of us a question that has some sort of a, wait for it, pop culture connection. And we have to give as many responses as we possibly can in 30 seconds. Ashley, take it away. All righty. Kennedy, let's have you up first. Okay. It's been a while. It has indeed. All right. (laughs) Your question is, your car radio is stuck on a station blasting only 80s music. What song makes you rock out and why? So... I'm actually born in 98, so I actually can't verify that this is an 80s song. But Good disclaimer. Just a wee babe. my wife and I really love Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. And, oh, 70s, but you know. And we'll yeah, let, you, you know what? We'll I'm, I'm really trying. And the reason why <laughs> is we love we love the drums, just that steady, um, the steady rhythm. <laughs> that sounds so like made up. <laughs> just the steady rhythm of the drums. Uh, yeah. And the guitar. And the singing. <laughs> and that was actually the best Kennedy? pop culture oh, connection answer ever. I think the reason you lose oh, every week man. isn't because of Jonathan. <laughs> no, it was a yeah. good effort. Ooh. Good effort. Thanks, thanks. So two this points. will be my last podcast. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. All Two right. hard-fought points. Yes. Emily, you're up. I'm so sweaty. You see, I just made fun of you, so now I'm definitely going to like totally fail and not be able to think of anything. <laughs> Steady rhythm of the drums. The, great... <laughs> the rhythm of the drums. Well, I mean, it's John Bonham. He's the greatest rock, just... rock drummer of all time. Like so no other he's not steady wrong. rhythm. He's that not was wrong. A, that was a question written for you, Adam. I know, I know. But maybe next time. Next time. Uh, all right, my answer is ready to go. This is a fun one. My answer for you is ready to go. Mm. You're at the movies. Which do you pick, candy or popcorn, and why? Popcorn. It's salty. It's delicious. It's buttery. It it pairs perfectly with uh, soda. Um, You can... uh, you're gonna want to get some extra napkins because yes, that butter can leak through. But if you if you uh, pour the butter on there just right, if you use like a straw to get it to the bottom, and then you put a little on the top, it is just the perfect mix of like saltiness. And it doesn't have to be salty popcorn either. You could also go for you know caramel corn or holy cow nice. cheddar. That is a level of passion about popcorn right? I have not seen recently. There was, okay, there fun was fact. Fun fact, you guys. Can't wait. When I was in high school, whenever we were going to have, like, me and my mom were going to watch a movie together, we would drive over to the movie theater. Mom would send me in with some cash to get a big thing of popcorn and then bring it back out, and we would go home and watch a movie with that our movie theater is popcorn. Staggeringly brilliant. It happened at least once a week. Well, <laughs> oh, wow. Emily, that is fascinating. I lost count of the points, but I'm going to give you 10 for that oh, little straw I, tip. That was man. awesome. Yeah. That's a great hack. I, I'm going to have to remember that. Life hacks. Popcorn yeah. hacks. So 10 That's points to Emily. That's bonus content from Plugged In, folks. <laughs> content you actually want. <laughs> All right, Ashley, me or Paul. All right. Me or Paul. Oh, that's so hard. Let's I know, have right? Go Paul. with Paul. Go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're in sync, Adam. I know, right? All right, Paul. I am so ready. So ready. This is one that Adam and Kristen have both had before, oh. so I'm eager to hear your answer. 
A production company contacts you about making a movie of your life. Who should they cast to play you and why? I am going to say Adam Holtz. Oh, my word. Because I don't know why. <laughs> it's going to be hard to get points be, with that answer. He'd be very, he'd be very witty. He, we sort of look alike. He, uh, he has no... no uh, shyness, no filter, <laughs> no shyness when it comes to the camera. Uh, he knows just about as much about movies as I do, so he would be able to just slip right into the character. Mm. Although I do have to say, I wouldn't want to hear his impression of me now that I think about it. <laughs> hey, Ashley, if you could get Paul his bonus, if you could get that sure. in the system, that'd be awesome. I'm surprised you didn't go with like Bruce Willis or, you know. Oh, Bruce Willis would be great. Yeah. Oh, I was no thinking of Christian acting. Bale for you. Oh. Christian Bale? Nice. So when I was a when I was a kid, people just thought I looked like Billy Idol. Believe it or not, who's another '80s guy? Right? <laughs> they they thought I looked like Dennis Miller. But that was, and then my hair fell out, and now they think I look like what's his face see, from that's Seinfeld. the thing. The hair it changes your whole look. <laughs> Kennedy, right. it's okay. You can five laugh. points, Paul. Good I job, set you up. Oh, man. Good All right, what job. you got for me, Ashley? I did All like right. the the beating of the drum. Yes. The rhythmic beating of the drum. Yeah. Is that... No, I'm still yeah. thinking about it, too. Adam. <laughs> yeah, Jason Alexander plays me the next time I have that question again. You get a nice question. That's nice. You have a chance to interview a Disney princess. Who would you choose, oh. and what would you ask her? Oh, man. That is a pretty difficult question. It's one I don't have an immediate answer for, so I'm going to vamp while I think for just a moment. What about Leia? Is she a Disney princess? She is a Disney Technically. Oh, she is, holy cow. Yeah. You're just suggesting a real... So I would interview Princess Leia. I would ask what it was like to grow up separated from your brother, who you didn't even know existed. I would ask about the buns in your hair. Like, what's up with the buns? Can I just say bobby pins. that that's the fact the that buns. Ashley cheated for Adam, I think that's an, that's an automatic <laughs> negative See, 10 okay. points. Here's the thing. You're still Here's in place, though, Paul. Here's the thing. Yeah, Ashley, Paul, you didn't help me out. Even with Ashley's help, by my count, I think I only got two points. That's right. So it was, it was a sympathy thing because <laughs> I... Let's face it. I was struggling. Well, I think everybody does want to know what's up with the buns in her hair. I, I think so. that that is a question. All so right. my first thought was Ariel <laughs> yeah. from Little Mermaid, but then I like totally froze. What would I ask her? Right. You know, yeah. what's it like to be underwater? <laughs> well, I think- Well, I suppose I could ask her that. I think Emily won this round. Yes, I think so. Popcorn in the- Or straw yeah. in the popcorn tray. Nice job, Emily. I, I actually want to go get popcorn right now. I know, right? Bring it now back we're to all my, craving it. <laughs> my cubicle. So power of suggestion. Imagine if I had said candy. Oh, snap. Again. Mm. No, I would never say candy over popcorn. <laughs> popcorn popcorn just rocks. Popcorn it's the only place movies. The only place that I like popcorn is actually in movies. Yeah, really? I'm pretty much yeah. the same. But unfortunately, our time together in this conversation has come to a close, even though you're waxing eloquent together about popcorn <laughs> is lovely. <laughs> well, I hope that as you have listened to us banter about all manner of, of life hacks, including how you might more fully appreciate movie popcorn, has been helpful and encouraging today. And I hope that what we had to say about how we deal with all of this stuff in our culture on in movies and television and, and how we navigate that hopefully has given you some things you can apply to your life as well. And if you've enjoyed the show, we would love for you to tell your friends. Let them know that The Plugged In Show is helping you think about this stuff and how you relate to your kids. And we would love to hear from you as well. 
how does your family deal with all this stuff out there in pop culture that we don't want our kids to see? I feel like as parents, this is a question that we are all dealing with. How do you navigate that reality? You can let us know on Facebook or Instagram or send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And if you want to learn more, be sure to check out our full reviews for each of the things that we have talked about today. And you'll find that information in the episode notes for today's show. Well, again, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us this week. We hope that you'll join us for another conversation next week on The Plugged In Show. As Christians, we're called to bring light to the world. And as Christian parents, we want our kids to answer the call too. Bring Your Bible to School Day is a great way to do that. It's a chance for your kids to grow their faith, evangelize, and be a light in their schools. So if a faith-filled, light-giving home is important to you, join Bring Your Bible to School Day on Thursday, October 6th. Register now at bringyourbible.org.